Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So I get to interview two dressers from Elho Hollywood today. And I love, 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 Loretta, that you reached out to me because I actually have been trying to find some dressers to interview. And so you made it easy for me. And so I have Donna Howe and Loretta Klippel-Wright. And both of them were dressers at Hello Hollywood Hello from the whole beginning of the show, actually before the, the show opened, that whole process of opening all the way to the closing. So you have a view uh, that's so different and wonderful because you were seeing like the, from the wings and backstage and the making of the show and the things that the dancers didn't have time to see while they're doing all those rehearsals you guys got to experience what it was like to do the creation and the ending of a show so I want to uh, welcome you and you can go whatever order and maybe just tell me a little bit about what your life was before you did that and what what brought you to do that and what skills you come into this giant show with so hello. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, um, I did theater from the time I was 15. Um, so through high school and then community theater. And then as my husband and I moved around the country, I usually joined a community theater pretty much wherever we were. And that was included in Quebec, Canada and kind of all over. And um then we, we moved out here in 71, 72. And um, I don't know, I had, I, I worked here. I don't even remember for sure what, what it was I did, but uh, we also got involved with Reno Little Theater here. Sorry about my clock. <laughs> um, we were involved with Reno Little Theater and in all aspects of it, actually. I mean, everything from acting to to, you know, costuming to box office um and then um i just saw the ad for you know everybody was all excited and talking about this huge big hotel that was going to be going in and all of this and that and everything and all of a sudden one day they started talking about this show that was going in and then there was kind of a i guess a um, a media thing about you know wanting um people for wardrobe and stagehands and all of that and everything so I just, I went and um, put in an application and got an interview. And the next thing I knew I was, you know, being hired. But I know Loretta was there uh, a month or so before I was. And um, I started in, I don't end of March, 1st of April in there somewhere in uh, 78. And um, so it was, it was experience of a lifetime. And it, it forced you to um, grow in in the, the maybe latent talents that you you had mm -hmm. or uh even talents that you kind of knew you had but um there was so much to learn and so much to do and we worked incredibly long hours 16 18 hour days seven days a week first putting this show in so like i said loretta was there before me so loretta you had some experiences in that first month that i didn't have want to yes. talk about it well, um, I learned of the show from a friend of mine. I, uh, let me go back a little bit. I was a figure skater from the time I was eight years old all the way until my mid-30s. And in those days, 
you know, you couldn't just buy off the rack for, you know, a skating costume. So that's how I learned how to sew. And so then when I moved up to Reno and became uh, a member of, uh, uh, you know, uh, the skating community, I met a lady named Billy who was in her fifties then. And, but she had been a showgirl in Vegas for uh, years, years. And she was the one who came to me and said, oh, I'm going to go interview to be a dresser at this new show at MGM. And I said, well, what is a dresser? <laughs> and so she kind of explained to me and she, you know, explained about fishnets and, you know, all the things that are very specific to, you know, showbiz. And so she encouraged me to um, come and um, interview, you know, take an interview. And sure enough, uh, when Maria Ramaji interviewed me and found out that I had made all of my costumes and um, for both myself and my partner, because we used to compete, um, I guess that was enough to get me hired. Um, and so I started in January of 78. And like a lot of the, the people that were back in rehearsals will tell you, the showroom had no tables or anything. It was just, you know, one tier after another and everyone kind of spread out like a picnic. And then back in the dressing rooms, um, the dressing rooms were in place, but I remember the bathrooms didn't have any walls around the toilets. And you had to take someone in there to hold a sheet up to you know use the facilities back you know back in those days because you know construction workers would just you know walk anywhere and um yeah that was my early earliest memories of 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 the show and uh i remember some of the first sewing tasks were all fitting we we, we you know especially knob hill for some reason i did a lot of fittings during for anything San Francisco. Um, so they would bring one girl in and we would, you know, put her costume on and we'd figure out where to pick up that strap or put that hook in. And I also remember the first time I walked into a fitting of Sadie, you know, Sheila Spar's character. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost got weak in the knees because that costume... <laughs> was just spectacular. I mean, it was a riot of color. And I helped fit Sadie to Sheila. And uh, that was just so fun, so fun to do that. And working with all of the uh, representatives from the design houses that would come and, you know, they were in charge, of course, and they would tell us, you know, what to do. And so it was, like Donna says, it was a real learning curve, you know, how, to do this and I mean not so much the fitting but how to do fishnets you know how to who knew how to repair a fishnet and so we all learned on the job you know did you come in at the same time that rehearsals started or did the dancers start rehearsals pretty, you came in I was, yeah I was pretty early on I was like I said I, I think rehearsals did start in January that's about as far back as I hear anyone talking about did you have a meeting like here, like even to see the drawings or were the costumes already 
done? Like, what was your well, first impression of how magnanimous this job's going to be? There a was a binder that we that not each of us had, but there were multiple binders, and in it were sketches of each costume with each accessory, so you knew that these gloves went with this dress and this headdress. You know, so it was the complete uh, costume with all of his accessories. And I remember they told us that this was under strict security and that if any of it was leaked to the media, that we would be immediately fired. And so we were all like, well, okay. Oh, wow. You know, but yeah, huh. we, there was a binder. There was binders of that was, you know, passed around so that we knew you know, how to, you know, how to assemble a costume. So were the costumes still being made as the show is starting no, rehearsal? No. So they were done? Pretty much, yeah. And your job was not just to, to fit them, just to, to alter them. them to each dancer. Yeah, Loretta, though, do you remember on the space number, those big green things that came in and they were foam based and this green material and sparkly stuff and everything was over them and we were like, well, where does where does this go? Is this a arm piece? Is this a whatever? And it turned out it was a head piece. It was the <laughs> dance that wore, and then there was like a white braided ponytail or something that came out of the back of them, sort of. But yeah, that was that bottom. was bluebells. That was yeah, a bluebells. Bluebell oh bells. yeah, yes, yes. Okay. But we all laughed. At, I can remember us laughing over that, trying to figure out where the pieces fit in the costume because everything individually was done but it wasn't put together <laughs> oh, and this, well, even green and white capes plated capes oh those are beautiful so that was obvious but i mean on the on the actual thing that did turn out to be a headpiece i can remember us i don't know why that stands out in my mind but i can remember us trying to figure out where does this go and what it does it do and then we found out it was you know it was the headpiece so that was and then there's an awful lot of labeling going on both oh. for every piece and then you know uh, each closet you know uh, when they were assigned a spot in your dressing room you had to you know label their closet and all every accessory and like even like the little pieces of jewelry you had to well day crew made little bags that housed you know say a string of uh rhinestones or something or you know the 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 jewels or the earrings and you so you were constantly labeling doing a lot of labeling shoes so just, everything so i remember being a dancer that first okay yeah, even necklaces had to be labeled because especially those choker things anything that was right. a choker thing because different girls had different size necks so if yeah. you got them mixed up they go to put them on in a hurry and they, they wouldn't fit or they'd fall flop forward or they'd be too tight so everything had to have a label and in its proper little bag so that it went to the right person at the at the right yeah. time yeah. Loretta, did, your... you, did you have did you get in on sewing the mirrors on the space queen cape that no i didn't you oh that was you huh yeah there was a bunch of us that sat for days on end days on end and sewed those mirrors on individually you remember that cape sherry yes 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 yeah. Oh. yeah it was it was incredible and thing of it is is if you glued them 
especially in Nevada's dry climate, it, it, they wouldn't stay. So they had to be sewn on. All of that stuff had to be sewn on by hand. Oh my and a lot of it didn't get done until it got to us and we did it there. And um, I think it took nearly a week of five of us or six of us working on that cape sewing all those mirrors onto it <laughs> there's like so much detail in every single one yeah i'm just thinking like we are all you know within a few inches height wise the same but the fact that people have different waists or different leg lengths so the costumes like for say knob hill because those were amazing and heavy velvet but was it kind of a one size fits all until you guys got to fit for everybody or was it kind of left loose like how you got the right fit for every girl because i came in to replace somebody so I'm hope I think I had to just hope I was the right size and there's a few alterations, but when you yeah. got everybody in the, the beginning, the pills were, were what I dealt with. And there was a lot of, um, uh, ways to give and take, you know, okay. uh, let something out, you know, or take something in or move a hook. But I remember, oh goodness, during rehearsals, like you say, those, they were really heavy and the choreography, uh, uh, was that they had to hold those long trains out perpendicular to their bodies. And, and they would just, you know, run that number and run it and run it. And the girls would come back to the dressing room and their arms would literally be shaking from, you know, holding those skirts up. And then the other thing with the Knob Hills is originally there was uh, an extra bottom ruffle uh, made of uh, gold lame that's, that stuck out from the, bottom, uh, from the bottom hem. Well, come to find out, the girls were putting their heels through them. And so they all, you know, uh, whoever decided that all of the bottom ruffles on all of the costumes needed to be, come, needed to be ripped out ASAP. And so we were frantically back there with seam rippers taking that bottom ruffle off of the knob heel dresses so that they could go back out and and continue with rehearsal. Oh my yeah, God. they got shredded. They, those bottom ruffles just got shredded. You know? The so, um, Loretta, the headdresses, we were talking about this earlier. Oh, the knob the headdresses. The, yeah, the pheasant feathers that went out the ultimately stood straight up out of the headpieces that was that was redone i mean that's what it wound up as because originally they went out horizontally on each side of the headpieces but every time they would turn because they most of the time they were dancing with a male partner so when they would turn they would wind up whapping them in the face with <laughs> feathers <laughs> there's those things you don't know till you put them on yeah. and go oh maybe that's not gonna work so all um, those feathers had to be taken out and put in vertically at the top of the headpiece. <laughs> oh, that's such a beautiful costume. It's hard to imagine it any other way. Loretta, you said something too, like how you're learning how to do this on, on everybody's learning how to do it together. But then like backstage, like you're not going to hang all those giant costumes in those little wardrobe closets we had no. but that hadn't been thought through. So you guys had to like create on the spot and there was a th couple of things you told me that had that hadn't been thought of like oh yeah so crew were helping you I would love for you to share a little bit of those things that you oh, guys Donna, have to Donna has a, a more uh, uh, information about that than I do because she was she was uh, uh, you know 
one of the people that said, hey, this isn't going to work. So Donna, you take over. I'm sorry, the original question was what? Well, about how we had to come up with rolling racks and how we flew oh. certain costumes. Well, there just simply wasn't room. I mean, you know how small those little closet areas yeah. were. And we had all these huge, huge costumes. There was no place to put them. And they had the room which became, I don't know whether it was Hans and Marines or whatever, that little room over on stage right, Loretta? Yeah. But originally, that was supposed to have been the changing room for all of the, all of the dancers that were on stage right, in, you know, to do their quick changes. Well, my goodness, it wasn't any bigger than a glorified closet, you know. And I was sitting over there working on some costumes one day and this guy came in with a clipboard and he was just, you know, we started chatting and I'm, you know, and he said, you know, isn't this a magnificent theater and it's so huge and all the money that's been spent and yada, yada, yada. What do you think of it? And I said, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's incredible. It's awesome. I said, but from a wardrobe point of view, I said, there's not enough room to put any place, put any of the costumes. And I said, and, and this little bitty room is supposed to be enough room for 30, 40 gals to change in? I said, it, it, it's, you know. So anyway, it turned out he was with the, I don't know, the suits, I guess, that helped design the theater. <laughs> and I thought for sure I was going to get fired for opening up my big mouth <laughs> and saying, you know, that there wasn't enough room for the costumes. I mean, all these huge feather pieces but for the grand staircase and all these big hat costumes and the robots and all of that stuff, where was it supposed to go? So that's when I, I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, uh, Maria and some of the other people got together and the stage crew and what have you, and the guys in the lower zig, and they made these rolling racks that were most of which was kept in the in the wardrobe in the back and then there was these big box rolling rack things that held a lot of the uh, heat wave feather hats and stuff mm -hmm. so that they didn't get banged into and and you know heavy sheets laying on them and all that and then they designed and and built those flying racks for um a lot of the big uh staircase feathers and some of the circus costumes that weighed 20 25 pounds a piece and were huge. Were the San Francisco, what they call it, big hat, were those, because I feel like I had something lowered onto me, but I think the, the big hat, they came from the ceiling from the fly and they would be lowered down. Yeah, and they, they, would, they, you guys, they, the dressers would help dress them and the dancers would run back out, but like they just magically came from the ceiling. Yeah, which is well, now just, hearing this is amazing how that even, it's a huge puzzle. Yeah, that wasn't there originally. Like I said, we had to come up with that. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, the, the guys that built it and whoever all was involved in that, um, you know, they were made out of steel and, and uh, hooks and whatever and what have you. And then they had sheets over the top and then they were, they were electric. There was a button on the wall in the various places where these were. And that, you know, took them way up. And then before the, the number, you'd push the button and bring it all down to where you could, you know, you could reach these things. And um, I, I don't know what, it was just like, it's like the show was so big that it was, it was beyond the scope of even some of the designers, not, not the wardrobe designers, but the, 
people who designed the, the room itself. And I'm sure that that uh, crew um, could point out a lot of things that should have been done different. And it's like working almost any place, but I, I was a surgical tech for a number of years and work in one hospital, it was brand new when I went to work there. And you'd, you'd think, well, why was this done this way? Why was that done way? Why, why isn't this here? And you think they don't talk to the people that uh, work there, that do the job, you know, what is needed to do that job right. So, like I said, there was just certain <sighs> things that just weren't where they, it just was hard to, their wardrobe in general just was not big enough. Yeah. Well, those you closets, remember, I think I could fit maybe that. two costumes in my closet. That would have been it. Like Heatwave would have taken up, Heatwave in San Francisco would have taken up oh. the closet. Just two costumes would have taken up the space. They had. And not only that, but a lot of needed protection when they were hanging so that they weren't banged into by other costumes or other costumes being pulled in and out and shoved in. Or, you know, even when people were walking by something, there had to be something to protect a sheet down over it or have have it pushed back out of the way far enough so that people could get by those items without constantly brushing into them because those feathers were i mean they were strong but they were also fragile so you know you couldn't have have them be being beaten up <laughs> and broken and busted you know that was a that was a real source of pride don't you think loretta how well we kept that show looking. Yes, yes. And like what we were telling Sherry earlier is it there was a constant um, repairing of any damage that happened. We, you didn't wait till something got, you know, really looking bad before you addressed it, you know? No. If, if a rhinestone came off, you sewed it back on right that day, you know? Right, right. Um, you know, everything, you, that's what your daily, one of your daily chores was, was to go over each costume and see what needed repair right then and there. Well, Loretta, you said something interesting too. It wasn't just that they look beautiful, but safety. Like if something flew, like I just can't, you know, if you've got rhinestones that fell off or beads to trip on i remember hooking my heel and my cape and going face down or i told you like my night and day with the hook broke and the whole thing dropped down but like that it was awkward to get it off but the safety of like those if something goes wrong on a headpiece or like that a dancer could be hurt wearing it or some goes That's flying right. somewhere else like those are heavy those aren't like cheap little rhinestones the, the, the jewelry alone could have done damage if it ended oh. up in the wrong place felt, yeah Oh. Exactly. And so you, you had to even go over, you know, things like, you know, your chin strap, make sure that it was secured properly, you know, to your headpiece, you know, I mean, you know, you just went over things routinely, really every day. What was that like for the opening? How many, how many months? Because you had said like people were sleeping in their car, because it was like the, the days were so long. Was it constant like that till opening and then yes. probably beyond and even after like that there was no rest that you guys were just. Yeah, we didn't get any days off until the show was in full swing, you know. No. And are there still adjustments? Days, yeah, the days got a little bit shorter. I mean, we weren't working 
18 hours or we weren't working 16 hours. It got down to maybe we were only working, you know, 12 hour days, but oh it was gosh. seven days, it was seven days a week. Yeah. It was, what was the energy and the attitude? Like, were you guys getting cranky or <laughs> people are tired and that's like that? No, you were too work? tired to be cranky. <laughs> really? <laughs> Plus it was all new, you know, I mean, you, you know, literally you came in and every day was different. So that kind of, you know, kept your energy up, you know, like, oh, you know, what, what's going to happen today, you know, and so many things happened during rehearsal, you know, Donna, tell her about the, the tiller feathers debacle. Oh, that was the, you know, that was a little later on in the show after they've been worn for some time. Oh. Feathers, feathers get dirty. And, well, the, the first thing was that happened was the, the MGM lion, um, they put him in, there were three rooms as you came down the ramp from outside and in, down into the lower zig. So each room of those three rooms was slightly lower than the one above it. And not, nothing was thought about that, but um, they has, I, I don't remember who went with me, probably a couple of other people. And we went down and we put out sheets and then put all the tiller feathers, laid them all out in the pairs and the people they belonged to all labeled and everything, covered them all up because we knew they had told us we weren't going to be using those for rehearsals for a while. So let's just keep them safe. And that's when, um, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, that's when uh, um, they brought in the lion and he went in the dressing room above where the feathers were. And so every time they washed the, it was windy. Every time they washed the uh, lion cage out, that pea water seeped underneath the wall and seeped down and soaked the first probably three rows or two rows of the feathers that were laid out. So it went down when they said, okay, we're going to be needing those. You know, it was a couple weeks later or whatever. They said, we're going to be needing those. So went down and, and uh, unlocked the door and I thought, oh my Lord, what is this stench? And flipped the, and we could see this line of mark, you know, this darker, the sheets were that yellow color, if you remember, and that part of it looked almost dark gold and flipped the sheets back. And here were all these feathers soaked in lion pee. Oh my gosh. And these aren't cheap feathers. These are not craft store feathers. Oh, no. Oh, we have to get back to some of the other animal stories. Came, in a from, came, came from France. So we were able to save some of them, washing them very carefully, soaking and washing and drying with, you know, with hair blowers and stuff. But some of them, they just had to go and they had to, they had to send to France and have them replaced. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. That was one of the big ones in the beginning. Yeah. And, and the tiller feathers, they had a group of, I don't know, about five of us, I guess, we got all the tiller feathers down in the lower zig, laid out sheets and stuff for us all to sit around in a big circle. And we had, I don't know if it was energene, but something like that, a cleaner type fluid. And nobody thought about it. Nobody said anything from, you know, management that sent us down there to do that. And we're all sitting there with, with towels and you'd soak the towel in some of the, I'll say energene. And you very carefully just wipe it along you know dust dust foof 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 on the feathers to get them especially the white ones so that they look nice and white 
And all of a sudden, one of us said something about, are you feeling kind of funny? Like, do you have a headache? Is anybody else getting any? And all of a sudden, it dawned on us, oh, <laughs> we were all sniffing in these fumes. Oh, my gosh. High and sick. <laughs> High and sick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, today or even then, really, if OSHA had found about found that out, you know, they just sent us down there to do that. Not nobody gave a thought to it, right? It was hours that we were working with this stuff, and so at some point, we all started getting headaches and like kind of woozy and woohoo! Wow! Oh, that was a stop put to that real quick. All and the then, work that goes into that, that people don't see the back story, like, yeah, no. what you guys are going then, through. Uh, at some point, I don't remember where or when along in the show, something, uh, they, somebody had taken something off the, um, the Space Queen cape, and it had to be put sewn back on before the, sh the show started. So... I mean, I never only thought about the queen cape being when it was in the lower zig. I'd see it, you know, uh, uh, it was always when they took it off, it was left preset. It never mm. it never came upstairs or never came into wardrobe. It just stayed there. And um, so I went down and I didn't see it. And I so I said to one of the guys, I said, where's the space queen cape? And he said, oh, it's in the it's in the lower part he said it's down down low and I said well, what do you mean down low I thought basement level was it and he says oh no he said see oh well he said I'll go over and unlock the door for you and I went okay <laughs> and it was down a flight of stairs where it was going into the subterranean basement and I don't know if you know Sherry but they you remember the lake outside oh all of that oh, water yeah. Yeah, so that's why they the, there was this problem, and there was seepage, mold and slime and water blech, seeping off the walls. It was just the rough-hewn walls. It wasn't even, you know, fixed. And I went down those stairs and had to step off of all of that and, and onto where the they had lowered this the set piece with the cape on it down on this subterranean level and it was so spooked and i was so spooked by it i i remember getting on that thing and of course the thing is raked you know and i wasn't used to walking on that and i found where this piece came from and i went quickly and sewed it as fast as i could and got the hell out of there and i thought i don't want to ever go down in there again i had no idea that oh level existed that's creepy knowing it, even though it was years ago, is there that that was below us, that there was like this yeah. un underground world. Yeah, it was. It was just like something from from the from the space under underworld, underground scene. Right. It was just it was so spooky. And I, I like I said, I had no idea that level even existed down there, let alone that they they took a, a whole set piece down there and something as valuable as that cape was down there. So I apologize for my <laughs> clock. 
<laughs> so what was it like once the show opened? Because I just remember like my first show, like so thankful for this, the dressers because you just know where to run and then you drop whatever and they're putting things on remember things being lowered. But the amount of work, the presets, like Loretta, you're saying it too, like the, the layering that you have to know what you put on first and how fast those quick changes. What was like a typical night? Like when you got there, what was your your preset and the thing, repairs and laundry like? When you first got there, you would go and you would retrieve everything that had been sent in the night before. You know, any day crew repairs, any wigs, shoes, you know, dry cleaning. And you would return it to, you know, where it was supposed to go. And then, you know, you might start working on fishnets, um, you know, before the show started uh, or any particular request by any of your dancers. Uh, although when we first got there, we all used to, uh, after that, we would all uh, gather around the tables in, in the general area of Maria Ramaji's desk for any like repairs, right? Um, and then once the, the, you know, half hour thing was called, then you would start working on your uh, opening presets. And, you know, we each had a cue sheet. We all, we all had multiple cue sheets. And um, although, you know, once you do it for a while, of course you don't need a cue sheet anymore. But um, yeah, you would just, you know, at half hour, you would start thinking about doing your presets. And- uh, How many dancers were you responsible for? Uh, uh, my row was six, six girls. And they're all in the same area. They're not spread out. Like they're all, yeah, yeah. All my, stage, row, right? my row. Yeah. I worked yeah. mainly bluebells for most of the years. Although the, the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, I, I would swing, you know, swing into principals, uh, or core singers. Um, but mainly bluebells, mainly bluebells. You had said something that made me think, oh, wow, I never thought about it. Cause you had to lift these heavy things. Cause the, just the gowns of carrying, I don't know if you could carry six of those night and day costumes. That wasn't bluebells though, was it? No, they didn't wear those. That was just all, okay. But yeah, there was a lot of heavy. So when you're trying to lift these heavy things onto girls that are way taller and they're wearing heels and their costumes are so big, the wear and tear on your body. Can you just like ex explain well, like what that entails? A lot of things were stepped into rather than over the head. Yeah. Um, and so you were li lifting up from, you know, and, and the dancer would be also lifting up um, quite often. Because it was preset know. kind of in a circle, right? You'd step in and pull it up. Like right, it was already preset. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, um, and then if you were transporting anything, of course, they'd be on the rolling racks most of the time. Okay. Um, at least, you know, for my cues anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but it was a good workout, you know, yeah. the walking and the lifting and the bending and the stretching. It was a good workout. Were you guys kind of running or did you have enough of a pace? Because I just remember how, like the opening, I was on the airplane wings and then I was not, but it's like just the, just between that and heat wave, there's four costume changes just yeah. in that first section. They were so fast, but if you're, preset and ready you're not you don't have to run like a crazy person well you don't saunder but yeah i mean you know you need to get to stage right 
or stage left. And, um, but you, you know, when you do the show, you kind of know the pace that you need to be at. You said you had like music cues by this part of the music. Music this cues needs by music cues. Yeah. You know, and the dancers were all very capable of, you know, helping you out as well, you know. Uh, so, you know, you, you know, it was, it was all a, a coordinated effort. By you talk about the choreography for the show for the dancers themselves. But I tell you what, I, I think we were as well choreographed That's backstage true. <laughs> because you, you, you just kind of couldn't miss a beat, you know, uh, and especially some of the, I think opening was, was fast and furious for everybody. And, um, and with the principal singers, you also had to make sure they didn't forget their microphones, you know, and some of the microphones fit into something. So they weren't so obvious. They had a, a sleeve and some flowers or something, you know, that kind of um, camouflaged them. And, um, and I, I can remember, you know, <clears throat> just making sure if they could start to go out the door ahead of when you expected them to, and you'd say, do you have your microphone? <laughs> Once in a great while, no, you know, so you'd be chasing <laughs> after them. Or also what would happen is, one, not very often, mind you, but one, it did happen um, where the sound people would turn the wrong microphone on. So the person who's now halfway across the stage waiting to go on, holding their microphone, their microphone's dead. And the microphone that's turned on is still in the dressing room. Oh, no. <laughs> so they're hearing conversations. Would, yeah, depending on depending on the musical cue that you're listening to you, you you could grab it and run and get it swapped out and sometimes it was just one of those you know they'd start to sing a first note and then sound would realize that oops you know they had the wrong one on and that happened one of the funniest ones was I don't remember who was doing um uh it was Wizard of Oz so Dorothy whoever was singing Dorothy that night um, she started to sing and it was, it was dead and they had turned Sheila Spar's microphone on and she was going to be going out to do the lion tamer, you know, but she wasn't on stage yet. And we realized that her microphone was live. So she started singing over the rainbow and the person who was doing Dorothy was just mouthing it. Oh my but gosh. She, but Sheila didn't know all the lyrics. Oh no! So, <laughs> so yeah. she's trying. She's just sort of, you know, she's starting out with somewhere over the rainbow, doing it, and then it was like, you know, she's just kind of making it up as she's going along. And I can imagine <laughs> that the orchestra was just like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Sheila was like, "I can't do this," and she had to get ready to go do her own thing. And all of a sudden, kadab, pow. And that was like, okay, we're done now. Sheila was done. The orchestra was done. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever was playing Dorothy just kind of did a ta-da. <laughs> it's like a little scene from Singing yeah. in the Rain where they got the mic back there on the wrong. Yeah. Oh my Carry God. I, worked... the next number. <laughs> I did a show where the singer was backstage 
thinking her mic was off and she was talking about how awful the audience was that night like oh, how no. they were, and it was going out to the audience and somebody yeah. went, like a stagehand ran back like you're like turned it off but like she didn't realize all that was you know going out so i could see in a show that big like oh my gosh the yeah. conversations backstage so let's talk about backstage what was like because you had some break like when the acts were on or did you get to hang out with the dancers because i remember Booner, which we're going to try to find. I loved our dressers and I love that like birthday parties or when there was time off that they were hang, they worked their butts off. But I did like that they had time to hang out with the dancers so it didn't feel so separated. But what was it like for you guys of getting to know your dancers and swinging and going into another dressing room and trying to kind of figure out the lay of the get land in each? Yeah, get to know. Yeah. Well, there, there definitely was a very family culture backstage, you know, if it was somebody's birthday, you, you, you know, you remembered it and would usually bring in a cake or we used to have um, a little, I don't know what you would call them, little dinner parties where you would want to try out a recipe and it was like a big potluck. And, um, you know, just things like that, that would, um, you had baby showers back there, didn't you? Yeah, baby showers. Yeah, yeah I had my baby shower back there, and um, uh, yeah, and yeah, just it was a real family backstage. You, know, everyone. It wasn't, you know, there was no, there was no separation of of you know cast and crew. You know, you were all just one big family. I think because I, that was my first show I did. Then when I went in other shows where people didn't talk to the crew, it was weird to me because I think there's yeah. that kind of that arrogance sometimes in theater. Like, no, these are, yeah, there was just, I, I started out with that, which I love that. Like the, the stage hands. So yeah. tell me, you were in the show for a long time. So you also had a camaraderie with the dressers because how were a lot of you there the whole run or just a few of you? Gosh, I don't know how many of us went the whole um, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know either, Loretta. I know there were some that stayed several years. Do you know about uh, Sally, who was, who was, uh, yeah, in the Sa you know who Sally, Sally was uh, one of my uh, skating instructors, and then she right. came over to do the show as well. Yeah, she was there. I don't know if she was there the entire time. I don't remember when she came in, but she was there a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Nellie was there for a long, long Nelly. time. Nellie. And Dorothy in Ponies. Yep. I remember. Yep. Um, Cindy, of course. Cindy healed. Yes. She was there the entire run of the show. Um, but, you know, uh, all of the people that have stayed in Reno, we all still keep in touch. You know, um, we, we all, you know, stay in touch and get together every once in a while. Did you say, like, babies were kind of all being born? In, well, it's an 11-year run, so lots of babies, but, like, that camaraderie of going through regular Maybe. life together. Pregnancies and, and uh, you know, uh, newborns and then sharing babysitters and birthday parties, Halloween parties, you know, any, any excuse, any and all <laughs> excuses to get the babies together. Yeah. Very, I'm older, so it was my, my oldest grandson and Loretta's son and some of those other little ones would have parties to get, you know, birthday parties and stuff together. Oh, <laughs> and that. my 
my one daughter worked there, but just for a very short time. And so she, you know, got to know some people, knew Loretta and stuff. And so, yeah, so it spanned the generations there. <laughs> I remember my son's second birthday party. Um, we hired a, a white pony that was in the, the, one of the cast members had a white pony for rent. And we had the white pony at his second birthday party with all of the Hello Hollywood babies. And I ran out of food because when everyone found out that there was going to be a pony rides, um, brother and sister came and grandma came. <laughs> everyone wanted to see their little one on a pony. So that was that was a fun memory. Um, uh, yeah, all the birthday parties, Easter egg hunts. Um, yeah. Yeah, all the kids got to family. know each other, got to know each other. Both cast and crew. That I love, yeah. And I only was there a year. And part of me wishes I, I mean, I love that I did other things and traveled, but the stories I hear about these long-term friendships, especially the people that stayed in Reno that are still connected, I think that that's kind of a rarity. And maybe because Reno is, I've heard people say it's a more of a hometown than like Vegas might still have that, but it's a little bit different as far as like, well, you're you know, put we're your roots down. Of, we're kind of an island here. I mean, we're not really close to any other big cities. I mean, you have to travel at least five hours to get to San Francisco and, you know, and a plane ride to get to Vegas. And so we're kind of, you have to find your own entertainment and your own community here. You know, like I say, we're kind of an island. Yeah, there's so many of Hello Hollywood, Hello People that have just become the fabric of the community. That's true. And their children are now, you know, the fabric of the community as well. I mean, there's, there's, there's everything from the dance studios and other entertainment venues, and, and like my, and Michael Erdley, you know, with his sound thing, and and um, uh, those that are became attorneys and real estate agents and uh, just district attorney assistant wasn't Linda Norbig and a yeah. uh, DA or something yeah DA. Um, yeah it's so they've just um it's just like people moving in you know coming in across the from wherever in the midwest and the east coast and stuff but and and becoming the fabric of the community but there again like I said so many hello Hollywood people stayed and made lives and just have become the fabric of the community it's wonderful well, they married so you know yeah. they married oh, yeah. and, and started a family here so it's a little yeah. bit more difficult to be a gypsy once you've crossed that door you know but i wonder how many people came to the show and think they'd live there because i've heard stories of yeah people like i would never live here and then they're still there like you've, there's something yeah. more than just the scenery that makes people really love Reno and stay. So I wanna talk about animals because we were just talking about the white pony, but you, before we recorded, was telling some stories about just the different animals that are being taken care of and passed around in dressing rooms. Like the life that we live just seems normal when you're in it and then you get away from like, oh yeah, there's orangutans and baby tigers. Baby orangutan, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. just carried yeah. him around like he was a baby and, and everyone cooed over him. Like just um, back in the dressing room and backstage? Yeah, into the dressing rooms, yeah. I didn't know how they allowed him to do that, but yeah, <laughs> you know, we would just pick up this baby orangutan. I don't know, 
maybe he wasn't in the show quite yet. And we would just walk him around the backstage. And, <laughs> yeah, and then Donna, like, you were talking about feeding the tiger. The yeah, feeding tiger. The, the baby, the baby Siberian tiger, Sadat. And they would bring him to our, the, the principal singer's dressing room. I, I don't know if uh, Debbie, who was in there, you know, most of the time as the dresser, but um, in the time that I was there, maybe maybe they weren't there when, you know, whatever. But anyway, they they would bring him in there and um, bottle feed him and play with him while they were on stage to keep him keep him occupied. So he didn't yowl, carry on. Oh the <laughs> what did the mom do? Because I was I got it was another show that it was the I think it was a tie, it was a, a jaguar and the baby. And when you'd separate, the mom would just scream. So like if yeah, she's got a new baby with the, like she has to go work on stage and the baby's yeah, that's backstage. the same group. That was the Furcos. That, that was the Furcos. Okay. They had the Black Panther and then they had the Siberian Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. That was all before my time. There was yeah. a baby elephant. Do you remember the baby elephant, Donna? You know, Loretta, I do not. And, and we were, Gary and I were trying to figure that out because somebody said she came over and that had to have been Angel. She came over from the nugget <clears throat> because there was Bertha and then there was Tina who was the next smaller, she was younger and smaller. And then Bertha got old and had problems with arthritis in her knees. And the reason I know that is our daughter worked for the veterinarian that took care of her. And <clears throat> Tina never really worked out all that well she had sometimes a mean streak and anyway so then they had angel and but i don't know what all happened about that well, this elephant was in the show because i used to have a queue over on stage left and the baby elephant i would stand next to and the baby elephant's trunk he would go through my pockets i don't know what he was looking for but i would feel this you know uh, something going food. through my pants pocket and it was this baby elephant yeah she was she was looking for treats they were obviously they were always looking for <laughs> yeah. treats yeah and that's 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 how they of course did it but uh, she wasn't there long. No, it wasn't there long. No. But also, the um, that was another birthday party uh, uh, fun thing. Um, uh, Rita Caravan's daughter, uh, Jessica, I forget what birthday this was. I want to say three or four. They hired that baby elephant to give uh, the kids rides. And so <laughs> uh, all the kids got to ride an elephant. Um, yeah. for yeah. that birthday party. That was a really fun birthday party. And once yeah, you've there's... done show business, everything is boring after that. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. You don't have elephants at your party? Like oh, I've always boring. said, I've, you know, the job kind of ruined me in the fact that I had fun every night going to see my friends, really. And everything after that is work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've just retired and the job I went to after I left was really hard work, you know, and uh, I, I would like to go back once we have theater again, go back to uh, being a dresser at like our, our theater here in Reno, it's called the Pioneer. Um, they have a Broadway series that comes in every October-ish. And uh, uh, I'm hoping that I can go back to, you know, dressing. It won't be quite the same, but um, I I'm hoping that we, we do get theater back sooner rather than later. Because <sighs> it's a fun job. 
Yeah. Can you, is it okay to share what you've been offered to do with another costume connection? Oh, is that okay to say? With For me? Yeah, that you said oh. that you've got something coming up that sounds super Well, exciting. no, the Broadway, the Broadway season, once theater starts again at the Pioneer, yeah. Mm -hmm. What I, was I the thing just, with? I um, would just be taking union calls, you know, uh, out of the union to do that. But Karen Burns, is that Oh, and shareable? Karen Burns, yes. Well, Karen, you share that because I love that connection. Okay. Well, Karen Burns, um, who, you know, of course, you know, has, has bought almost all the costumes. She's been asking me for years, um, you know, to come and help her with the costumes. And um, I wasn't able to because I was working full time. Well, I retired this November and called her up and we just had such a good time talking for hours. And so once, you know, this pandemic is over and we can safely do so, I'm going to be helping her uh, with the, all of the old costumes. And I'm really looking forward to having another relationship with these costumes again and doing events with her and just, you know, the costumes were such a big part of my life for so many years. Yeah. That, um, it'll be nice. It'll be really nice. Loretta, you, you, you know, don't you, that there, there's not, not that many, but there are some costumes that are down in the Marjorie Russell, um, at the Nevada State Museum in Carson City. Yes. In the textile yes. museum part, you, you knew there were some down there. Yes, yes. Yeah, of yeah, and th and that's good too. You know, I'm there's not that many, mind you, but there's some, and um, I don't know that's, how they got separated from what Karen has because Karen has the bulk of everything, um, but uh, it's just nice that that they're there because. Well, you know. well, Sherry, when you um, do a podcast with Karen, you can find, because I know there's also uh, ones down in Vegas in some sort of a, <clears throat> uh, a museum. Chopra down there. Museum. Grant yeah. Filippo has it. Yeah, I've interviewed him. And I think, yeah, I think and they, all, they have their own thing, but a connection between that too. Because I don't know if I ever wondered what happened with the costumes, but when we had the reunion and saw the presentation that Pete and Karen did, I got really emotional just knowing that they're, still there yeah. so can we can we talk about when the show's ending because i've talked to some dancers they could kind of tell something's going to happen because like the you know the attendance not attendance but they're not selling out anymore and they're kind of reducing like there was a feeling coming that it's going to end but what was that like for you because that's like your livelihood your life your community what was that like when you find out and how well how did they, there, there really wasn't a feeling at this i mean uh, you know uh, uh well, at least I didn't know that the show was uh, going to end. And then one day it was just announced over the PA that as of this day, that'll be our last show. And we were all oh. like in shell shock, in shell yeah. shock. Now, maybe, you know, some people higher up knew that before I well, did. They, but yeah, they did. I didn't know. And I, I know a lot of people didn't know. We were all oh. taken, we were all taken up by surprise on that. But from the time that MGM sold out to Bally's, was it? They sold out, was it Bally's the first? No, Hilton. and then it was the Hilton. Hilton. They went to the Hilton first, then the Hilton sold it to Bally's. No, and every the time there was every time there was a sale, the um the they cut some people from the cast, 
And of course, when you cut enough from the cast, then that would, you know, that would affect wardrobe as well. And I remember there being a couple of rumors about, well, you know, what's happening? What's going to happen? You know, we keep getting the hotel keeps getting sold. And, you know, how long is this going to go on? Well, surely to God, it's going to go on for a long time. You know, there's so much money invested and there's so many people coming to see it. And why wouldn't they keep it going for years more? Mm. But uh, for some reason, the decision came down to close it. And I swear to God, I don't know hardly anybody who didn't think it was a mistake. Yes. Because Jubilee ran for what? 20 some years? 35? 35. Yeah. 35. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so was it, they were still having full audiences or, I mean, people are still coming, right? Because that's the thing you do in Reno as you go see well, the show. Well, the audiences had dwindled some because Reno is not the draw that Vegas is. Yeah. So, they cut the you know, shows down. They cut the shows down too. To yeah, one show and, a night during the week? Yeah, they did. They did to one show a night for, what, four nights a week or something? Five nights a week, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so I guess if we maybe had wanted to see, <laughs> we could have maybe foretold it was going to happen. But, you know, we just I know our hours got it. cut back, too. Yeah. Do you remember that, Donna? I, we went yeah. from 40 hours yeah, to 30 hours. Yeah, well, so when we there was only had... one show. We all had to scramble. Uh, that's when I went out and got a part-time job. Right, right. Oh. So, yeah, it was... Um, that was, was the last couple of... It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. A couple of years that we went down, we, we got cut back to 30 hours. So... And the so one much time thing, between... One thing, Sherry, they never, ever did do, and that was a really major big mistake, is they never had the show professionally Film. videotaped. Yes. Video. Oh, I know. I've I been trying did. to find video. And I, I want the a video of the Tiller line because the one I have has the fur yes. goes and it had changed. Yep. But like, I don't know anybody unless there's some bootleg thing somewhere. But like, I think a lot there, of us- There's a couple of bootleg things out there. Yeah. But um, yeah, to have it done, you know, and before it changed, before yeah. the Tiller line was gone, and before all these the other acts came in and other things were cut back, the original show, what what a treat that would be to have <gasps> oh that on a video. I wonder why that's that just like they thought it would run longer. No one, that, that's sad because we, yeah, you can't there, get that back. I'm not sure, but there might've been some sort of a uh, legal thing because of the nudity and to get everyone to yep. sign off on being yep. filmed. That was part I'm of just, it. I'm guessing here. But there, there no, might have been that legal challenge. You're, you're right, Loretta. That was part of it. And do you remember when there was that horrible big fracas? There was a thing about not taking photos backstage. And of course, that didn't, that, you know, people did anyway. Right. And some of them got sold to one of those skank magazines. <gasps> and they portrayed, they had pictures of the gals and they portrayed them as, you know, hookers, etc. And um, there was this huge, huge, huge mess over that. And we were forbidden oh. upon being fired to take a picture backstage for some time because they didn't want this kind of thing to happen again. And so, you know, that may have had something to do with it, not videoing it, but it's still, it's a shame that it didn't happen. Because I look at now, I've interviewed a lot of the younger ones that like the Lido and they have these professional photos that are amazing. And ours are like with the little Instamatic camera by the bathroom or by the like, 
the racks or whatever. Like we had some, and I don't know if I, I think I had some understanding we weren't really supposed to. And then you got all the backstage and people had their hands over their boobs or a robe on, but you know, we're all sharing those now, but that to get in the wrong hands. Wow. That's uh, yeah, exactly. What was the last few, how much time did you know it was ending from that announcement? Like how we much? Had like, about you, what? Four months, okay. something like four months, something it, like that. Yeah. It, it was, <laughs> it was a little bit of time to get used to it. You know, was that, that of course, then that last week was really, really um you know emotional that last week. and of course the last night everyone was getting flowers and messages sent to them and mm-hmm. you know it was really sweet a, a lot, lot of old lots of tears members. shed lots and of tears people, shed a lot Good of people party. stayed but yeah and then a lot of people are going back home because they're like on a work visa too and and we had a lot of media backstage i know i was interviewed um you know what's it going to be like you know, not doing the show anymore, you know, and they were interviewing a lot of cast and crew, the media was. What did you answer? What was, what was your feeling about that? Like, that's such a part of your life. I remember, um, um, saying something to the effect, it's kind of like a root canal, you know, it's going to happen and, but it's going to be painful. (laughs) Something, you know, something eloquent like that, you know, I didn't know what to say. I'd never been interviewed before. It'd be interesting if the clo- the show is closing, like shows close, like the Lido in Paris, they run for a while and they get a new one, but to have it close and not have anything. To go, yeah. said there was something about a new show that was going to go in before this was going to happen. And so I think the assumption, like you've got this beautiful theater, you can't put a headliner yeah. on that juice stage. So that I would just, you know, like that's so bizarre that nothing ever came in afterwards. And then for the last night, <laughs> for the last night, you know, I used to have, I used to make G-strings for the girls and uh, they were all themed and I made little tuxedo G-strings mm-hmm. with um, a, a little bow, a bow tie on it. And then the years 78 to 89, you know, kind of as a souvenir. Yeah. And, and then also to wear on their last, the last night of the show. And I handed those out to pretty much all the the bluebells that were there at the time and that i don't know how you know if any of those have survived but kind of a nice little souvenir of the last maybe show. when this episode comes out we'll say please post photos of your that would be great <laughs> i was telling i have an interview coming up with uh, ellie wickett who has a um shoji because she has a whole line of under but back then we, we couldn't go to victoria's secret we couldn't, you know, so the fact, I remember G-String Day and I told you, I'm like, I might have been wearing your special designs. I remember it was a big day when, when whatever month, whatever holiday you would get like the yeah, theme and theme. it was so much fun. And then you get excited for G-String Day. And then like when I left the show, all those traveled around the world. So was it you and a few other people? Cause that's a great side yeah, hustle because everybody it, needs them. There were a couple of us that made G-Strings and had like a little side business. And then I, uh, uh, made uh what's is called a thong now um for uh sun tanning um salons and also the the girls would would buy those too which was a a bigger you know it's not a personal g-string and i went into business with a blue belt called elizabeth reeves and uh we sold mainly to sun tanning salons um 
because you, could, you couldn't go out. There was no place to go out then. This was back in the 80s to buy these things yeah. so that you wouldn't have, you know, tan lines. Well, can and you share? I, also, I also made the G-strings for the boys too, which I don't think many, many of the backstage dressers were doing that because that was a bit more, a bit more involved to do the, for the boys. Yeah. Cause when, when we were talking before, like just how you get hired for the show, you don't, you're not thinking about what you're going to wear into your tights. I was never, if you've never done a show, it doesn't cross your mind. So you're looking at that fishnets and I've got this, like, do I roll up my underwear? Like it was just this question that you don't know until you're there and you can't go run to the store. So you did this great service for all of us who show up. Like nobody prepares you for that. You have to have a, a, a what? Like nobody was wearing G strings back there <laughs> under their clothes. That was just, and also, can you share, we're going to, we're going to wind this up. Cause I know we could just go for so long. Cause there's so many good stories. Can you talk about this then that what was the name of the house housing where all the dancers were, where they were sunbathing? Oh, Amesbury. Amesbury. Donna, you tell a good one of that. Oh, it's just, um, you know, they, they couldn't have tan lines and there was a pool there. So they would go out in a bikini, whatever, or something and, and lay around the pool um, to get, get a suntan. And whereas I'm sure a lot of people thought it was really cool and really neat, <laughs> somebody complained and, to the police and the police came and <laughs> they just these two cops just kind of stood there, you know, back ways and stood there. And it's like, God, do we have to tell them they have to cover up? <laughs> did this make it into a story somewhere? Did it? Yeah, it was in the newspaper. It was, in oh, the newspaper. It was actually in the newspaper and these, and they interviewed the cops and they were saying, you know, we just, we just kind of really didn't want to have to tell them to cover up. Right. <laughs> And the girl, and then, of course, when Don Arden found out about it, he loved it. He loved yes. it. Yeah, yes, <laughs> he thought it was free publicity. Oh yeah! So, oh my god! Uh, Did you in, have in, li much in line with that? Um, our house had tall fence, and we didn't have just the way it was situated. It, people in the in another house, you know, like behind us or something, they weren't able to look down into our yard. So there was, there was times in the summer when, I don't know, Decuder I know was one of them and there were some others that would come over to my house and all lay out on my deck <laughs> topless so that they could get some sun. Because <laughs> it was, a, I lived where there was a short fence and so it was a dilemma if you wanted to get any sun, you can't have tan yeah. lines. There was a yeah. nude beach that we would go to, but that also didn't feel super comfortable. So ladies, as we're winding this up, is there anything that just you want to say is like what your experience of those 11 years was like of how that's been a big part of your life or how? Well, it's just lifelong friends, you know, yeah. not many jobs, yep. you know, were really, I mean, 40 year, 40 year and more friendships um, yeah, that, just that's really the big changed our lives. That's the big take out of all of this. And I know Facebook's great with keeping in touch with the people that aren't here. Yeah. So that's, yeah. you know, we, we still are in touch with those people as well. Well, this so. has been wonderful. And I'm so glad to hear from your perspective because it really makes, takes me back to that, like not just performing, but the quick changes and like, what we like laundry day, like, you know, like, and the dressers <laughs> that hung out with us, like each of us had, the ones that were part of our row that you get closer to. Um, 
but yeah, I've never, I, I lived, was there when you were there, but maybe have met you probably about your G strings, but the fact that that show was so big that it's still, you're still able to make these deep friendships, even in something that big, which seems like it'd yeah. be harder, but it's kind of amazing. Well, family. I think, you know, we, we talking, Loretta talking about the friendships that were formed and um, you got to kind of take care of these girls, you know, these gals, mm -hmm. and you, you wanted them to look their best. You wanted them to be able to go out there and perform their best. And it was just, um, they're my friends and I, I, I want to do my best for them. Oh. And um, so. It, and what it, an interesting skill set. Huh? What an interesting skill set that we have now. I mean, it's yeah. kind of a very small little uh, group of people that know what to do. That I mean, to know how and you know what we did. Yeah. Well, well, I know when I moved to St. Louis and there was this thing in the paper about this job, and I applied for it and I got it with a theater group there. In a, in a community theater or community uh, college setting. And um, they were, the, the gal that was the director, she was just kind of amazed at my skill sets. And then when um, I moved back here after 10 years, <clears throat> I saw where um, Nevada Opera actually, I didn't know it. I called it up, called her for tickets and she said, I don't know, she said something. And I said, oh, you know, da da, with Hello Hollywood. And she went, oh, what did you do with Hello Hollywood? And I said, well, I was in wardrobe. And she was like, are you interested in a job? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so Donna was in charge of the opera for how many years? Wardrobe? 12 years. 12 years. Oh my gosh. And so she brought me in and I did wardrobe for the opera for seven years. That was what a life. Wow. Because, because the gal there knew about Hello Hollywood and had seen it several times, she, knowing that I had the experience of working there all those years, she, they hired me right on the spot. And so there, there's, you know, that, and that was 10, 20 years after Hello Hollywood closed. So that mm. opened the door for me that I just never even thought would be open you know so yeah yeah donna you asked me a question that you said have you ever had your fishnets uh repaired while they're on your body yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> do you trust me i just thought it made me laugh because i'm like i remember having them repaired but i don't think i've ever had them i can't imagine holding still with someone but i think the trust that we had in you guys i would probably go yeah you can do that yeah. you did the dancers did yeah they they all each individually trusted us to make sure that things were right for them. Yeah. So that they could go out there and perform in safety, looking their best. And, and that was, that was wonderful feeling. I think for, you know, like for me, that was a wonderful feeling for me to know that they trusted me to do my job so that they, you guys could do theirs. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think was, there's an aerial view of the show of seeing what the stage crew is doing, what the light booth is doing, the orchestra is doing, the dressers, the mm -hmm. repairs. Like there's so much that was going on and everything had to be at its best or so many things could go wrong. Not, not just how it looked, but for safety and for morale, like every person in there 
mm-hmm. it was so important because everything hinged on, you know, not, not one of those could be less than and have the show be what it was. Yeah, it was a real team so, effort. Yeah, it was a real team, team effort. No, no doubt about it. Well, ladies, thank you, Sherry, for this um, oh, opportunity. This was so good. Thank it's you. Wonderful. So, and I'm glad I got to interview dressers from the show I was in. I would have loved to have done Jubilee or another one, but it's really fun to do from Hello Hollywood because it's just bringing up all these wonderful memories of, of the family setting backstage and the gorgeous costumes and learning more of the process at the beginning and the end that I didn't experience. So I'm loving piecing it together and just this whole amazing group of people that made it for 11 years have, have added to something so beautiful. So you ladies stay safe and sane and um, I'll be following you on Facebook. And when this comes out, um, I'm, hopefully we'll gather some photos from you from backstage that are not gonna end up in some terrible newspaper about the skanks backstage. <laughs> <laughs> but about just that, that community. That was awful. <laughs> oh my, I never really thought about like the, how if that got in the wrong hands, that would be not good. But yeah, we would love to showcase like your view uh, when this episode comes out. So well, thank, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks for reaching out. You answered my, my need of like finding dressers and, and I love that it was you too. Thank you. Memory lane was fun. Sure. It's thank so you. much fun to go back there. Stay safe and healthy too. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Bye ladies. Alrighty. Okay. Bye.